The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, health care, and other topics impacting our communities. Hello, and welcome to the special episode of Lead Tennessee Radio. This is Stephen Smith, and I'll be your guest host today. Now, I'm normally in the producer's chair, but it's my honor to step behind the microphone to moderate this conversation during what's an important time, a transition for the Tennessee Broadband Association. Uh, my first guest today is Lavoy Knowles. Lavoy has uh, led these interviews as the executive director of the TNBA since the podcast was launched in 2019. Uh, how are you doing today, Lavoy? Stephen, I'm doing fine. It's great to be on the podcast. It's kind of unusual being on the other side of the the questionnaire. <laughs> right. You're in the hot seat today. Exactly. And joining uh, LeBoy and I is Carrie Huckabee, and she is making her first appearance on the podcast in her role as the new executive director. It's great to have you with us today, Carrie. Thanks, Stephen. It's great to be with you. Uh, it's exciting. Now, LeBoy, we're going to kick things off with a, with a question to you. Um, Let's tell our listeners about your prior role with the Tennessee Broadband Association and your new role that began uh, toward the end of November. Well, uh, Stephen, I started out uh, nine years ago with the, of course, at that point in time, the Tennessee Telecommunication Association, which is now the Tennessee Broadband Association, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, And it was uh, kind of a mixed bag. We started out and I was, uh, to get a, a did the executive director duties, which are usually things like um, uh, setting up conventions, uh, getting speakers, uh, uh, running the convention, and those sort of things. In addition to that, I was to create and increase our presence at the Tennessee legislature. Um, that was a, a, another part of the role that. Uh, um, the organization had had a gap in previously, and a lot of the times um, individual members would would help with the uh, with the lobbying piece. But um, so they created a lobbying role, and I I started in that along with the duties of the executive director. And it was uh, started out to be kind of a I wouldn't say a part time job, but not not a hugely active job throughout the entire uh, year, mm-hmm. uh, but the duties have grown and grown. We've, we've um, uh, added a lot of features and functions to the, uh, to the association. We've got a bigger presence. I'm real proud of the role that we played at the legislature. I think now all um, members of the General Assembly know who the Tennessee Broadband Association members are and what we do, along with uh, I think that um, there's a lot of good things that our members are doing in Tennessee, and it's attracting um, new members. And, um, you know, the association is just a, just really a snapshot or, or a transparent vehicle of our members. And so when the members are doing a lot, then uh, it creates activity for our association as well. And we're very fortunate to have lots of good members in Tennessee that are doing great things for the consumers. And um, so that that's creating a, a huge, huge role for um, 
for the Tennessee Broadband Association. Well, thanks for that uh, recap, Lavoie. Now, uh, what is the new role uh, in your new title uh, moving forward with the association? My new role, uh, the, uh, the board recognized that uh, it, it was a it was a big job to do everything was being uh, was being done, and so we kind of divided the role up, and uh, I was kind of um, wanting to spend less time on activities. Um, and so it worked out well for me because uh, the executive director is is more of an administrative type function, and really a lot of lot more. Some at some point uh, during the year, a lot more kind of heads down uh, administrative work and um, uh, lots of things to do. Uh, I think as Carrie will tell you in our first month or so that there's not a single day that goes by you don't have something to do for the TNBA. Um, so this role has transitioned. Uh, the, the board has split it between two different functions, uh, one being the executive director and the other being the government affairs director. And, and that's what I have chosen to do this coming year uh, is concentrate mainly on the uh, relationships with the General Assembly. Okay. And there, there's a lot of activity people may not be aware of that uh, legislation comes through every year that could ultimately have an impact on the end user and the TNBA does a great job, I think, of really staying on top of that. Absolutely, Stephen. There's uh, every year there's over 2,000 bills that, that are filed typically at each legislative session. This is our second year of the 112th 12th session. So any bills that wasn't disposed of last year will be handled this year. Uh, in addition to any new bills that were filed are being filed during the session. Now the bill filing deadline this year is cut off going to be cut off. On the first week of February, so we're not too far out from uh, knowing where you stand as far as what bills you've got to be for or against or are uh, being neutral upon. So out of that 17 to 100 to 2,000 bills, um, we can't, we separate them out, and and the ones that are broadband related or telecommunications related, it may not be broadband. It could be a tax issue. It could be uh, an issue with um, um, some type of revenue or some type of tax or um, uh, the Department of Revenue. Uh, it could be any sort of thing that affects our members. And um, usually there's 65 or so bills. Out of that 1,700 to 2,000 that will come out of the, uh, to the, come up to the surface as being critical to our members. And then I will take those to the, to the membership, to the board, and they will defi- define how they want to handle or proceed with those bills, either be uh, support them or be opposed to them or um, be neutral. And so it, it's during the legislative session, it's always a very busy time. Um, Monday through Thursday is always uh, pretty hectic. Mm, I can imagine. Now, Carrie, congratulations on being named the executive director of the TNBA at the end of November. Uh, Tell our listeners about your journey through the telecommunications industry that ultimately brought you to this role. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Um, so that journey in telecommunications started over 30 years ago, which is hard for me to believe. Um, you know, I started at the local telephone cooperative, uh, which was Ben Loma Connect, and Mr. Ozel Allen hired me. And some of our listeners may remember Mr. Allen. 
But I work in customer service, which, by the way, is a great place um, not only to learn the products and services, but in the technical side, but it's also, you know, a really good place to learn about your customers, too. I work in business sales, um, also work in public relations. Then I went to competitive services, which, you know, um, covered marketing and also work in the CLEC operations a little bit. And then around 2010, I had the opportunity to work with telecom management services as their chief marketing officer. And that meant that I got to work for WKT in Mayfield, Kentucky, and also Ardmore Telephone in Ardmore, Alabama. Ardmore is owned by WKT. And one of the highlights of that was, of course, being in the role of marketer and storyteller. Um, while WKT built out their 100% fiber network. So I learned a whole lot about the challenges and, and the benefits of making that happen in your community. It was a lot about education and the possibilities, you know, that fiber broadband brought. Um, then at, in 2018, uh, after several years on the road, I hung up my full-time marketing boots and took a few months off. And then came to work for you, Stephen, at Word South uh, part time. Mm -hmm. And my role there was director of strategy and training. And so um, I got to help broadband companies with their marketing strategy. And I also did some broadband training. So it's it's been a, a winding road uh, leading me to this opportunity as the executive director. But what an opportunity it is, um, you know, to stay involved in this industry. Um, you know, use my experience and my knowledge um, to represent the association, because as LaVoy said, you know, this admin side is about the, you know, the marketing, the storytelling, taking care of our members, uh, doing those administrative time things that, you know, the association has grown so much that it was difficult to do both. So I'm just really excited to be in this spot, uh, you know, for me right now, because I really feel like my career has come full circle and and brought me to this role so uh, like i said i'm very excited to be here outstanding uh and, and i think um certainly certainly i believe in and the board and, and lavoy everyone one agrees they couldn't have found a better candidate that with more experience and more well-rounded and looking for great things is uh, in your new role here thank you so, Lavoy, um, government affairs has always been part of your responsibilities, like you, you said earlier. Um, how did launching this podcast in 2019 help you in uh, developing those relationships that are so key, those relationships with the state legislators? Well, Stephen, uh, back in 2019, uh, podcasts really hadn't come to their to their full uh, importance, I don't think, Um in most industries, but it was becoming, becoming a very important piece and folks had heard about podcasts and um, thought and knew that it was a good way to get their name out as far as uh, to the public, uh, tell them a little bit about themselves. So we started out with um, just having the podcast with legislatures and, and what this does, it actually gave me a chance to really get to know personally about everybody we we talked with when you talk to someone. When you sit down in, at a table, um, uh, facing them, and you talk to someone for 45 minutes or an hour, and you learn a lot about that person, and uh, it, it it created a lot more 
respect on my part for the role they play. And at the same time, I give them a chance to get to know who I was a little better and who the TNBA was. So I think it's, I think it was a good thing for both sides. I believe that uh, we all learned something and it gave the legislatures uh, a chance to get um, uh, to, to advertise their podcast. I know we had a couple that actually I saw at, uh, in the hall and they said, hey, I heard about this podcast. Uh, how can I get involved? And I said, well, we'll just schedule one and we'll do it. And, and that was the case in a couple of instances. It wasn't very difficult to twist folks' arm to do a podcast. It was a, a very um, exciting and upbeat opportunity for uh, me to get to know the legislatures a lot better and, and them me. And at the same time, we were, I think, providing a customer or, or consumer uh, service um, to let the public know a little more about the legislature when it was published. So I, I think it was, it's been a very good experience for me hopefully for the, those that we've interviewed as well. Now, you've interviewed a lot of uh, legislators and also um, certainly during the the times of the, when the pandemic was so bad, a lot of the managers came on and uh, had interviews with them talking about how they were, you know, handling the, the myriad situations that, that came up and generally talking about their projects and that sort of thing. Kerry, uh, you have some additional ideas for, expanding the scope of the podcast uh, re- really beyond of what it what it's been in the past what can listeners of this podcast expect to hear in the coming year well i think it's lavoy he continues to have those vital conversations with you know legislators and his government affairs role you know all that foundational work is being done and um, i hope to talk about after the broadband is available after it's connected after it's brought to your community and like Lavoie said, the podcast is a, you know, has been a great way to introduce the TMBA to the listeners and to those other stakeholders and key, key role players and groups that have the same mission as we do. And, you know, to improve quality of life and to maintain and support businesses in, in the state, in their own communities. You know, I've got this list here and I know we can't, we're, there's no way we're going to get to all of them. But, you know, there's workforce development, economic development, rural health, uh, agriculture innovation is really, you know, being talked about right now. It's a growing conversation. Um, You know, how does broadband, how does technology help farmers here in the rural areas in our state? You know, whether that's a farmer with lots and lots of acres or that's a flower farmer with three acres. Um, But there's also education and technology advancements, you know, a lot of our members are our vendors that are developing new technology every day to help uh, extend broadband. So having some of those conversations with those people is, you know, is the direction I'd like to go. And again, you know, the list is very long, but um, that's the kind of content that I hope to add to the Lead Tennessee radio uh, podcast this year. Well, that's exciting. We're looking forward to hearing those conversations, and you're right. I think those are important as we as we begin to see as a society that broadband touches on so many different elements. So um, besides besides launching this podcast in 2019, uh, that was also a big year for the association uh, in terms of its image and the story that it tells about itself. Uh, at the annual conference that year, I remember that uh, – 
in addition to having Bill Lee there just months after he was sworn in as the new governor of Tennessee, that attendees are also surprised with a rebranding of the association that was formerly, as you said earlier, the Tennessee Telecommunications Association, uh, rebranding that to the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lavoie, why was that an important move of uh, uh, positioning the, the association for the future? Well, I think several reasons to do that. Uh, but really, the, the association, as I said earlier, should be a reflection of what, the, what your members are doing, what, what they sell, what they provide, what consumers they provide it to, and what's really big in their world. And, and at that point in time, and still is, and several years before that, broadband was the name of the game. Uh, a lot of our members are uh, their their true name is telephone cooperatives or companies, and um, uh, through the, over the years, several companies have started changing their names to reflect more what they do, and that included the word broadband in the title. And so, since so many companies were changing their names to reflect what they were doing, we felt like it was very important that we had that same reflection. And we felt like it was it was the time was right that uh, we had been we started out being the Tennessee Telephone Company, uh, our, our association, and which most people don't know that was that the association was formed in 1935. It's been around a long time. So so then back in the 90s, it was changed to the Tennessee Telecommunications Association, and we'd been we'd been called that name. And that was actually officially a name, an official state certified name change. So we changed. Uh, we felt like we should be Tennessee should be something in our name cause calling referring to broadband because that is the name of the game. Uh, it used to be that uh, your telephone was the main emphasis of why the customers existed, and now it's broadband and telephone is kind of a byproduct, and so. It was very obvious we needed to make some changes to reflect what we were doing, and our members were putting in millions and millions of dollars uh, in networks to provide broadband, so we felt like that was the time to do it, and it really was, uh, because we, at the time, no one was using the name Tennessee Broadband Association. Since that time, I I think we've had two or three uh, other associations indicate they wish they had grabbed that name as well, and so it was a good time. The branding was a big. It was a big opportunity for us, and at the same time, um, it uh, was a big deal that annual meeting. I remember that we we're all kind of stressed out, trying to make sure everything was going well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Word South was a big part of that, and played a played a big part in it. That was also the first time we'd had Governor Lee uh, address our association, uh, or for for the map for that part, uh, any governor uh, to address our association. So we're very uh, thankful that uh, Governor Lee has uh, spoken to our association two years. Um, we had to skip one year because of the COVID uh, restrictions, but he was also there last year. And, and uh, uh, Governor Lee is a huge supporter of broadband, and so was Bill, uh, Governor Bill Haslam. And uh, uh, he started the broadband um, uh, um, disbursement of money through the, through the Broadband uh, Act, and um, uh, Governor Lee has just expanded upon that and in- increased it in size. And now the federal money is coming through, and it's being dispersed through the uh, 
Tennessee Economic Community Development uh, uh, Department as well. And so now there's much, much more money at risk uh, for our members. So it's it was a good time. It was a great, great opportunity for us. Uh, and uh, I think it definitely needed to be changed to reflect what our members were actually doing. That's providing broadband to our consumers, to the Tennessee consumers, and um, building networks. Now, Carrie, you've had a long career in uh, marketing and communications, as you said, and you've had several major projects to your credit. Uh, you were actually on the Word South team when the uh, rebranding effort took place for the TNBA. Talk about what goes into that sort of effort and uh, looking at it now, how successful do you think that that rebranding was? Well, like any rebrand, you know, there's a whole lot of thought and a whole lot of work that goes into it, a whole lot of planning, um, you know, to get the right name, to get the right look. Um, and I think if I remember correctly with uh, the TNBA, it actually started with the need for a new website, um, you know, uh, to ensure that the website reflected, you know, the mission, you know, of, of broadband and of the members. And I think when it started with that website discussion, it was the perfect time to start with the, the new name, to put that broadband in the name, as LaVoy said. And um, uh, so it started with the, the new name, and then it started with the new logo um, that was developed. And, and Word South did a great job bringing in the colors, you know, the color of the state and, uh, you know, making re that really bold. and and um, where you know everyone noticed it. it it just stands out so uh it started with that and then of course you know what are all the elements that the association needed to go with that brand um, what kind of collateral you know what things could be used and a lot of the rebrand will go to how you roll it out you know how are you going to show it to your members how are you going to talk about that you're doing a rebrand what um and, you know, how do you do that? And so the annual convention was in June. I think the association made the decision to do a new website and a new brand at the end of 2018. And that gave Word South and, and LaVoy six months to make all those decisions um, to really, you know, make it a big deal to roll it out to the members at the convention. As LaVoy said, he was stressed. Everyone was stressed about rolling it out, but what, uh, you know, how exciting it was to have that opportunity and that uh, platform to do it. And I remember the uh, the annual convention opened with uh, the video introducing the new brand. And that uh, one of the most fun parts was when everyone had their name badges and when they went in that said TTA. And then after the logo was rolled out, you know, they were able to flip their name badges over and it had their new their name and the new logo on the other side. And when they came out of the rooms, all the signage had been changed. There was a new backdrop um, and there were promo items and, and things like that. So it, we had the great opportunity of rolling it out in a big way, which, you know, that's, that's part of the success of rebranding is getting it out there and making it, you know, making it a big deal because it is a big deal. So I think the rebrand has been very successful. 
uh, you know, the web, the website looks great. We, you know, we keep it updated with member spotlight stories and broadband stories and news and, you know, our membership is on there. And, um, you know, so it's a, it, it's a go-to um, and they see that brand and see that logo. So to me, as a marketing person, communication person, it was, it was done very well by rolling it out at the annual conference. Um, and I think it just looks good. It still looks good, you know, several years later. And uh, I can see that lasting a long time. So I think LaHoy and the board did a great job with that. I think WordSouth and the team did a good, you know, great job with that. So I feel like it's been very successful. I'm very proud of it. Well, I think that um, that's just one of several, several accomplishments that, uh, that the association has uh, should be proud of over the last few years. And LaVoy, I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk about some of those accomplishments that you've been part of uh, in your role uh, over the past few years with the association, things that you're particularly proud of. Well, there's been several that I've been able to participate in that I'm, I'm super proud of. And uh, um, actually rolling, rolling out the new logo was a, was a big, was one big success. I think we all had, um, but also another thing kind of related to that is that and I mentioned this before that our members are so active and are doing so many things and building so much network and providing broadband uh so many places, even inside their territory, outside, that it's actually attracting a lot more folks to be a part of the association. And I think one of the accomplishments that I'm proud of is the amount of activity we've had over the last few years, and it's really concentrated more since maybe maybe since our name change, that uh, we've really increased the number of associate members, and they're actually a very important part of our group. They're vendors, they're suppliers, they're... um, accounting firms, legal law firms that serve our industry and they're they're very important as well. And um, when they're involved, you're able to get more participation. This last summer, last June was our largest uh, convention ever. We had over 300 people attend. That's a large for a state, uh, a state association. Um, and um, we, you have more, uh, folks to sponsor events so you have a better quality program. We were able to have, as I mentioned, Governor Lee was there, but also uh, the NTCA Shirley Bloomfield was there and spoke. And uh, NTCA has always been a big supporter of uh, the Tennessee Association. Um, They're always able to send someone to speak, and we were fortunate this past year to have uh, Shirley Bloomfield herself come to speak to us. And uh, so I, I think that's accomplishment in itself. On the uh, business side of the house, uh, I think that um, uh, one huge accomplishment early on we had was being able to participate and be a and be a a factor at least uh, into the formation of the Tennessee Broadband Act. I think that was the beginning of a, a lot of other large topics that were have been addressed and we've been successful on and. It wasn't just our group. It was a lot of our board members were active in that. Other associations were were part of that. But at the bottom line, um, when the final uh, bill got to the committee process at the legislature, there was no changes made throughout the entire 
committee structure, and that's almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. When it got to the House floor and the Senate floor, it was, I don't remember exactly the number, but it's almost 100% in both houses voted for the bill. And that opened the door to many things. Uh, number one, it started, it, it, uh, it formed the, uh, the broadband fund that, uh, and, and, uh, uh, grant program that we're also familiar with and it allowed our members to apply for grants and, uh, and help them build out areas that could not be, uh, justified to build out had it not been for some additional state money. And so we're very proud of, uh, our part in to the formation of, of the Tennessee Broadband Act. Another thing that we really has some huge success in is uh, a couple of tax issues. Number one being the uh, creating and parity among our members, along with everyone else in the state. And uh, this gets back, uh, Avalorum, if if those that don't know, it's it's basically the property taxes that telephone or broadband companies pay in Tennessee. It's It's in lieu of property taxes. So it's called Advalorum tax. And for many, many years, well, back in the, up until the 1970, actually 1984, uh, the telecommunications industry was uh, regulated, very highly regulated. Matter of fact, you could not buy a telephone anywhere unless you went through one company in the country. And uh, all companies had to buy their equipment from Western Electric or a subsidiary of theirs. And so... The FCC started deregulating the industry back in the late 70s, and the first thing they did was deregulate the telephone itself. And the next piece was the inside wire. And it went through a 10-year process to deregulate the inside wire. Can you imagine that today? That's unheard of. (laughs) But then the whole network got deregulated. But to bring us back to my point, during those days, we were monopolies. We were the only game in town. There was no one else to provide telephone service except your existing telephone company. And that existed until 1984 when Judge Green broke up the Bell operating system in AT&T. If, if those that remember the, the story, broke it up into AT&T, took the long line company called AT&T Long Lines, and that was the inter-exchange piece. And then the uh, operating company, the Bell operating system was broken up into six what they call at that time, baby bells. Well, uh, since we were a monopoly up until that point in time, a lot, of ta- a lot of our tax rates were generated based on social issues. In other words, the state would increase the tax on, on monopolies to do other things, like provide um, service to uh, the hearing impaired, like to uh, provide a state uh, matching credit for those that were, that were low income for telephone services. So they did a lot of things that were not really related uh, necessarily to our industry specifically, but they were they did it and assessed us through this Avalon tax rate. So consequently, the telephone companies paid a much higher Avalon rate than other companies like cable companies, um, competitive companies, interconnect companies, um, they were assessed at a lot lower rate. Well, as everyone knows today, we're totally competitive. Anyone can come into your area that has the uh, 
technical and managerial and financial expertise, can build a network, start and, and hang up shingle, get in business. So it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't fair for us to pay higher tax rates than others. And um, so we we presented this problem uh, and it kind of caught on to some of the legislatures and senators and we've had a bill and lo and behold, the um, the bill passed and it actually had an effect of across the industry in Tennessee, it lowered the tax rates about six and a half million dollars. Uh, and out of that, our members had an effect of about two and a half million. And that's every year. Hmm. That's every year. So the tax rates dropped two and a half million dollars um, every year. Now, there was a four year transition where I believe through the transition period now. And uh, so everybody pays the same rate uh, if you're in our industry, regardless of what your uh, background was. Another thing that really come up at, the, at, at kind of the last minute, the Department of Revenue is notorious for um, taking a, a, and ass, assessing taxes on something that there's no clear definition of where taxes should be charged or not. One of those things a few years ago was was building a fiber network. If you uh, typically... Uh, Labor is not uh, subject to sales tax in Tennessee. Well, the, uh, the, the Department of Revenue decided they were going to start charging um, sales tax on labor when you're building a fiber network, which is kind of counterproductive because here you're on one side of the house, you're trying to provide grants to those that um, you can't afford to bill out to. And on the other side, you're going to charge you 10% of your total labor cost for sales tax to build it out. It, it wasn't, didn't seem very practical. And so uh, we were able to get a, a bill passed to exempt um, sales tax being subject, uh, subject to sales tax for networks that were, uh, that were um, building out fiber networks. And that was a big deal too. It, it uh, actually saved our, our members. Um, our members actually was were the ones that, that uh, brought the issue up and uh, were able to save over a million dollars a year in, in sales tax. So those are a couple of the big items. There's been a lots of uh, things that come up throughout each session that you're able to uh, uh, explain to legislatures about the, sometimes someone will bring an issue to a legislature and they'll put together a bill. And many times, they're only hearing one side of the story. Well, that's part of my role as government affairs uh, director is to tell them the entire story, not just one side. And sometimes we agree with the story and sometimes we don't, but it's important that they get all the facts and to make sure they know how they're affecting consumers in Tennessee when they pass a bill pertaining to broadband or telecommunications or anything pertaining to uh, our members. So those are a couple of things that had someone not been down here, um, it would just roll out past and there would never have been issues even brought up and and uh, uh, let the legislature know that these are important to our members and, and, and that they need to be fixed. And most of the time, uh, if you have a really legitimate issue uh, and it's very, very important to consumers, the General Assembly is, is, is usually 
uh, open to at least listening to your problem. They they want to solve problems. The problem is they don't you don't want them to solve a problem that creates a bigger problem for you. So mm. um, those are a couple of things that kind of mind saving. Well, that's that's one of the truths of uh, legislative work, isn't it? That the the big victories like the uh, the, the broadband act you were talking about. Those are the things that, that sort of stand out. But every year you have little victories where you prevent bad legislation through educating legislators about the impact, and you, you keep those uh, keep those bad bills off the table. That's another important role, isn't it? Well, that's tr- that's true. As I said earlier, I, I will typically uh, uh, track uh, sixty-five or seventy bills a session, and uh, sometimes you can amend the bill. And get it where you're either exempted or you, it, it becomes okay with your members. And so that's very important. Either uh, try to get it defeated or before it becomes a real issue or either get it modified and, and amended so your members are okay with it. We've done that several times in several amendments. We have several coalitions that we work with. It's not just uh, 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 one person. We also have lobby uh, contract lobbyists that work for the TNBA. Uh, that uh, work with us, and that uh, they're a very important part of the team as well. So, Carrie, what what plans for the future? What what ideas do you have that uh, you might could share with our listeners? You know, some of the things that that you're excited about uh, working on in 2022 for the association. Well, somewhere somewhere in my career, I realized that I really enjoy, and it's important to me to be one of those um, people that others can come to to have conversations, you know, to get information, to get assistance, um, you know, get pointed in a right direction. And I'm excited that in this role, I can, you know, do that. You know, LaVoy started those webinars last year and, you know, to talk about things and subjects that our membership needs to know and will help them to do their jobs and, and, you know, complete their missions. So I want to continue to do that this year, uh, conduct those Lee Tennessee radio podcasts that we talked about with, um, you know, speakers that bring information, you know, just keep that good content going that helps people every day do their job, you know, you know, take broadband to their communities or, you know, answer questions and be uh, be a place that they can go to to find what they need. So I hope to make that happen in this role. Of course, I have big shoes to fill when it comes to the event that the association hosts, um, the Day on the Hill. Uh, of course, Roy and I will work together on that. The annual conference in June, the fall conference with KTA. Those networking events are you know, really important to the association and to the members because they give us that opportunity to talk to our peers, uh, network with our vendors, you know, talk about broadband solutions, what's coming up. But last, I'm really excited and and happy because the board, you know, and LaVoy talked about this in the beginning, that they split the roles of executive director and government affairs, you know, not only because it gives me this great opportunity, But it really uh, recognizes their their continued commitment to the regulatory and legislative issues, uh, see the growth and support of our membership being really important, marketing our association, uh, building on those existing relationships, finding new partnerships. 
you know, like the boy said, he turned this association into a two-person job. So, you know, he's we've had a lot of success and a lot of growth. And, uh, you know, it's been really good for our association under LaVoy's leadership. And, you know, broadband infrastructure isn't slowing down. So uh, having the focus on both of those areas, the, the membership and the uh, legislative side is really important. So, uh, so I, you know, there's lots of things to be excited about, but just working for the association, representing the association as a whole. Well, I'd be missing an opportunity if I didn't point out that uh, this is not the first time the two of you worked together uh, on the same team. Um, y'all trace back for me the the history. Uh, you go back, you go back a few decades working together, uh, uh, don't you, little boy? That's correct, Stephen. I'm I'm very pleased that uh, I'm starting my 41st year in this industry. Uh, actually, last month, and um, not all of those because Carrie's not. Nowhere near as old as I am, but uh, we've worked together a long time at, at Ben Loma. I'll let her tell you how many years. But I was at, actually worked at Ben Loma for over 30 years before I retired. And then uh, uh, we worked uh, together at uh, the uh, telecom management services. Uh, and that was a, a really exciting time because we actually helped manage other companies. And we actually... Uh, there was a couple that we actually uh, did for 18 months and traveled to different locations. Uh, so uh, we worked together there and then um, I uh, retired there and then uh, went to, um, uh, became the executive director of the, T- the TTA. So we've had lots of um, interconnection and, and working together. And it's always uh, been a very good experience. Carrie is a great person to work for. And, and, um, and I'm just p- pleased that, uh, we're able to do that again. So, Carrie, what role was uh, Lavoie playing when you went to work for uh, Ben Lomond Connect? Well, I started at Ben Lomond Connect in 1987. And like I said earlier, you know, I, Mr. Ozel Allen hired me, with, which was the previous GM or was the GM at the time. And in 1989, Lavoie was named uh, the CEO. And really, I think at the time, he was one of the youngest CEOs of the telephone cooperative at that time. So I basically worked for him or worked with him my whole career. Um, You know, that winding path that I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that brought me here was one that I really think that LaVoy was on the sideline kind of holding the GPS because, you know, he uh, and, and he's done that for a lot of his employees. So, you know, he's been giving me direction when I needed it and showing me what I, you know, what I should see along the route, uh, giving me guidance, you know, how to take part, learn from others, build relationships. And, you know, when the TMS opportunity came along, I remember him calling me into his office and he said, hey, we have this idea and we think you could do this. Uh, so he's been a great example, teacher, a supporter. Um, you know, and I've just always appreciated that about him. I've, you know, I've learned a whole lot from him. So um, I'm, you know, looking forward to working with him another year and for him to be guiding me once again. So it's been a great career working alongside LaVoy for sure. Well, it seems like this has uh, been a natural progression of uh, of the career for both of you. So I'm, I'm certainly excited to be observing this and, uh, having the pleasure of working with both of you for several years and 
and seeing uh, seeing where your careers have taken you. Well, it has been really great catching up with the two of you as uh, as we kick off this new year with your uh, new roles. So, is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else I've overlooked that uh, either of you would like to talk about? I think we've covered most everything that I can think of, Stephen. But uh, I'm just excited to work with Carrie again, and and um, think she'll do great, and uh, look forward to whatever successes she can develop in 2022 and beyond. And I'll say I'm looking forward to the new adventures. You know, we never know what a new year will bring, um, but I'm looking forward to working with the boy, the board, the members of the association, and maybe we can do another podcast at the end of this year and do a recap. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Well, again, I'm Stephen Smith, and it has been a pleasure to sit in as a guest host for this special episode of Lead Tennessee Radio. Brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. This is cooperative and independent companies connecting the state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband. Thank you for listening, and please share, subscribe to, and comment on our podcast and help us share these conversations with the people leading Tennessee forward.